what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Every single one of you in this place, every one of you listening by radio today, including myself, we will have to stand before God one day and give an account of what we've done in this physical body. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to pick it up in verse 8 today. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, making more room for God. Elisha headed up a number of schools for the prophets And these schools were scattered about in different places. They didn't have cell phones and computers back then, so he could not have a conference call or video chat or something of that nature, which meant that he had to physically travel to each of these places to do his business. There were no Hardee's, there were no McDonald's, no Bojangles, any such places. So he had to pack up food supplies, which made it dangerous in travel in those days because that created temptation for thieves and robbers. And I said all of that to say this today. We need to be aware of the dangers in our walk with God. Satan lurks around every corner looking for opportunities to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Elisha, he had a servant, a servant that went with him. Folks, you and I, 
have one that goes with us today. And that's the Holy Spirit. And he's there to help. He's the comforter. And evidence is that he passed by Shunem quite often. And they caught the eye, the Bible says, of a great woman. In other words, she was rich. And she said to her husband, if you'll look there, Second Kings 4, verse 9, she said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. How did she know that this was a holy man of God? She was watching him. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, church, people out there in the world are watching you. Dana and I were eating out the other night, and I was wearing my T-shirt that says, Not Ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I sat down at the table and we ordered our food. And when the food came, Dana and I prayed over the food. And this lady walked up to the table. And she said, I just want to thank you for being bold enough to wear that T-shirt and being bold enough to pray over your food. You don't see too many people doing that nowadays. And some of you in here, many of you listening by radio today, when you get done with church, if you went to church, you're going to go to a restaurant and you're going to sit down and eat. Just remember, there are people watching you. And it presents a tremendous opportunity to witness to people when you bow your head and pray over the food. And it presents a tremendous opportunity to witness to your waitress. And how you treat her. And the tip you leave when you get up from the table. Are you hearing me? The worst testimony I ever heard was a waitress tell me. She said, I hate Sunday. But that's when all the church people come in. That's a sad commentary on the church, ladies and gentlemen. A sad commentary. But this woman, she noticed Elisha's walk. So you didn't know that you could tell a holy man by the way he walks. Back years ago doing electrical work... We had a young man there. He could cuss 15 minutes straight and never repeat the same word twice. He'd give some of you a run for your money. Preacher man, I need your help. I said, well, I do what I can. I'm taking a religion class at night. And my assignment is to read the Bible. And I'm reading it, and I don't know what in the world is going on. 
I can't understand it. Preacher man, can you help me out? The story of the Bible is the story of the cross. So I talked with him, shared the gospel with him. I asked him, I said, would you like for me to pray with you? He said, no, not right now. The next morning, I'm up on one of the upper levels working, and I seen him walking across the floor. Had a big old bundle of conduit on the shoulder, and I could tell he had the victory because he'd come in partying with his buddies the night before, hungover, eyes bloodshot. But on this particular morning, he came in with that bundle of conduit on his shoulder, and he was high-stepping. <laughs> that burden of sin had been lifted. Glory to God. He gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ that night. And last I heard, he's pastoring a church down in Florida now. Glory to God. She noticed Elisha's walk. And his walk opened up a door of opportunity for him to talk. See, the world out here is looking at your walk more than they are listening to your talk. And you need to make sure that your talk lines up with your walk and your walk lines up with your talk. The most effective sermon that you'll ever preach is the life you live. The Bible says in 2 Kings 4 verse 8 that she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. His lifestyle presented an opportunity for him to speak to this woman. How many opportunities do we have to witness to others? Many of us can make a little bit more room for God by just asking the Lord every day, Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to someone about you. They, look, there's plenty of people out here that need to get saved. We don't have to go to the church down the road and try to steal members down there. They're already saved. God's planted them where they need to be, and that's where they need to be. But there are plenty of lost people out here, and all you got to do is yield your tongue to the power of the Holy Ghost and let God move through you and witness to these people. When I was talking with that young man that asked me about understanding the Bible, first thing I did was I told him that God loved him. I said, God loves you, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
I shared with him Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The sin issue has to be addressed when you're witnessing the people. Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have a sin nature. It's that driving force within that causes us to do wrong. And we can see it in our children at an early age. You don't have to teach your children to lie. You have to teach them to tell the truth. That's the sin nature already at work. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 tells us how all of that took place. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Adam, in the Garden of Eden, he partook of that tree that God told him not to. And when he partook of that tree, it altered his whole being, spiritually, physically, everything. And every child that will ever be born came from Adam and Eve. And every single one of the children from then right on up until today are born with that seed of the sin nature. And the Bible says that death passed upon all men because of sin. Romans 6.23, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You and I are an eternal spirit being. We're made up of a soul and a spirit. And we exist in a physical body. Because of what Adam and Eve did way back in the garden... It altered their body chemistry in such a way that the body cannot rejuvenate itself as it should. Therefore, the physical body grows older. It's the wages of sin. Physical death is when the soul and the spirit separates from the physical body. See, the world defines death as being cessation. That's it. There's, there's nothing else. The Bible defines death as separation, separation of the soul and spirit from the physical body. See, this body was made of the dust of the ground. Amen. Your soul and spirit came from God. And this body will return to the ground from whence it came, but your soul and your spirit will go to God. The Bible said it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. Every single one of you in this place, every one of you listening by radio today, including myself, we will have to stand before God one day and give an account of what we've done in this physical body.
The wages of sin is death. We've talked about physical death. But death has a deeper meaning than just the physical. There's a spiritual death. And that is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. I don't like to say it, but it's the truth. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God is gracious. God is merciful. He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world. He lived a perfect life. He died on Calvary's cross. He died on Calvary. He, the death of crucifixion, which was one of the worst, the, the most painful, the most awful, agonizing ways that a human being could die. He went to that cross for the worst of crimes ever committed. And any of you today that say, Brother James, you don't know what I've done. I've done too bad. God can't love me. Yes, he does. He paid the price for the worst of crimes ever committed. Your sin and my sin. Well, how do you know that, Brother James? I know it because they put him in a tomb. They rolled a stone in front of it. Sealed it up. Put some Roman guards out front. But that wasn't enough to hold him in the grave. Death couldn't hold him because he never sinned. Satan had no right to hold him. And he come up out of that grave three days later. The stone was rolled away. And now he's seated by the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession for all of those who believe and that's how you get saved it's all by faith it's all by faith Romans chapter 10 verse 9 the Bible says if we'll confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead then we shall be saved Revelation 3 and 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. That speaks of relationship. Won't you open up that door for Christ to come into your heart today? This great woman, she told her husband, 2 Kings 4, verse 10. Let's make a little chamber on the wall. The Hebrew word for chamber here is aleah, which was a room sometimes built on the roof as a second story and accessed by some stairs. But their house was situated on the wall. And somehow they built a room off of that wall for Elisha. Now, I don't know a whole lot about construction. Roofs in those days on houses were flat, and it would have been a lot easier to have built a room up 
upstairs, but they didn't have that opportunity. They had to bust through a wall and figure out some way to lay the foundation and build a, an extra room off this wall for Elisha. I said all that say this. It just seems like to me she went to a lot of trouble for Elisha. Friend, let me tell you, I don't care how much trouble you have to go through, but if you'll make more room for God, it'll be worth your while. It'll be worth your while. Second Kings 4 verse 10, she said, Let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick. Now, it doesn't seem like much. But the Hebrew word for stool here is kisei. It means to cover like a throne. When you get saved, Jesus is supposed to be sitting on the throne of your heart. He's the one that calls the shots. We are to make him Lord. A kisei was also one of the finest pieces of furniture that money could buy. She bought the best. When she made room for God, she gave God her best. Are we giving God our best? Verse 11, 2 Kings 4, verse 11, the Bible says, It fell on a day that he came into the chamber and lay there. There's nothing like making room for God and allowing him to take up residence in your heart and life. Now, as you read on down, God blessed this woman. Now, how can you bless somebody that's got everything? She was rich. She could buy anything she wanted. But she was lacking one thing in her life that money could not buy her, and that was a child. She, she did not have any children, and at that particular time in her life, she was not able to have any children. But when she made more room for God, God blessed her with a son. Life came into her house because she made more room for God. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. If you're listening to me today, and the Lord has spoken to your heart, and you know you need to make more room for God, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer. I'm going to ask the congregation here to pray it with me to help you out a little bit. Just saying some words won't save you, but if you believe it in your heart, the Bible says that God will save you. Now I want you just to repeat it after me right now, wherever you are. Dear God in heaven, I come to you, a lost sinner. I'm sorry for my sins, the things I've done, the life I've lived. Please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me with your precious blood. 
I realize in my heart my need of salvation. And Jesus Christ has provided me with that salvation. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for me. And three days later, he rose from the grave. And I believe it. And I accept it. And right now, I believe what you said in your word. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And right now, I have called upon your name. And right now, I believe I am washed, I am cleansed, I am saved. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I'm believing that there are some of you listening by radio today. You prayed that prayer with me. And if you did, please give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. 252-299-4234. Give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.